When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to The Trade Gods. What is up, Player Profiler Nation? Welcome to the latest episode of Trade Gods, baby. It feels good to be back. Not traveling on a Thursday is the best part of being able to make it to my favorite show of the week, Trade Gods. And of course, I am joined by my fellow Trade God brethren, the morning man, Jason Allwine. Jay, what's going on, brother? You know, I, I guess, you know, the more and more I get into the morning man role, the sleepier and sleepier I get. No, I'm just kidding. Let's go, Trade <laughs> Gods! <laughs> oh, baby. Oh, man, they're feeling it in the chat already. Kevin, what's up? PJ Kennedy, good to see you. What is going on? We have a fantastic show lined up for each and every one of you lovely folks. Today, we are, of course, talking trades, dynasty trades, and we have a new segment we are going to debut. It's a variation of our buy and sell segment. But before we do, Jason, let's introduce this guest. Yeah, no, guys, I'm super excited to be able to bring this guy on. He's the commissioner of one of my favorite leagues. He's incredible on Twitter. If you don't follow him, make sure you do. I'll say the Twitter in a second. But, you know, every time I talk about my IDP leagues, this is the guy who runs it. He's got an incredible roster, great fantasy mind. He's got his own podcast. You can check out the Dynasty Zoltan podcast on Spotify, Apple. This is Mike Arai, the Dynasty Zoltan. Hey, what's up, guys? Loving the energy y'all are bringing. Pumped to be here. Thanks for having me. I love that IDP league, man. It's so much fun. It is. The beast of a league. Yes, we're very excited to have you on, Mike. We have, we got six trades we are going to break down today. And then, like I said, a new buy or sell segment. You are going to want to stick around for this. But before we get into all that, let's hear from the Podfather as he talks about the breakout fight. Oh, hey, it's a Mr. Breakout Finder coming at you. The Breakout Finder features three key tools, a database of metrics that includes speed score, college dominator, breakout age, but also Breakout Finder only stats like dynamic score, level of competition, teammate score. All of these things are part of the overall Breakout Finder algorithm that pinpoints the probability that a player will break out. Everyone's talking about my model does this and my model does that. Well, we give you the data points that go into the model. We have a feature that lets you compare players. And then we give you the precise probability of every wide receiver, every running back, sorted and filterable by class year. So when I'm talking to my friends and I need to show them why I'm so bullish on Player X, I pull out the breakout finder and bam, there he is. So go to the App Store, go to Google Play. It's five bucks to get the breakout finder and then a couple extra bucks to get some of these additional enhanced stats. Go download it and thank me later. Get that Breakout Finder, ladies and gents. Take your Dynasty Gaming to the next level with the Breakout Finder. And you know what else you can use to take your fantasy football prowess to a whole new level? Is that world-famous draft kit. Jason, does Pi Profiler have a draft kit coming out real soon? Yeah, real soon. It's I believe it's coming out next week. Uh, and it's, I mean, it's going to be fantastic. We have analysis from people all over the industry, from Podfather himself to Matt Harmon, talking about players to, oh, yeah. to Target coming up. Uh, and it's just going to be great. It's going to be fantastic. The best draft kit in the industry. When that launches, you already know we're going to be promoting the hell out of it. But still now, 
We're promoting it here, and it's just going to be great. It's going to be great. Make sure you get it when it comes. Marvel hasn't seen cameos as good as the player profiler draft kit will have. It is world famous for a reason. And you have to check it out because I think your boy may or may not have talked a little about Justin Herbert. I might have a little write-up for him in that draft kit. So check that out. It will be out next week. Now, Mike, you want to dive into trade one? What you thinking, baby? Oh, yeah. Let's do it. Excited let's to get to it. Let's do it. Trade number one. Ooh. It's a pretty good one. It's actually the first one I think we've ever done that had startup picks, if I'm not mm-hmm. right. Jason, is this our first startup pick trade? I think, so. I think so. I think so. It is, but it is part of a 12-team PPR. Here's a fun little nuggy. Quarter point carry, quarter point per completion. Give wow. a little boost to the quarterback, <laughs> which we definitely may, need to make note of. Uh, it is super flex, another boost to the quarterback position. Tight end premium, start 10, so not super, super deep starting lineups. But in this trade, Team A is receiving the 106, which ended up being Josh Allen. Josh Allen at the Ow. 106 Ooh. in Dynasty Startup? Mike, are you? A, this is crazy. I, I must be missing something with this setting. Like that makes absolutely right. no sense for him to fall past. Like if you want to get spicy and make him fall to 103, like sure, I guess. But come on, 106. Are you, are you taking Trevor Lawrence or Josh Allen? What's going on? Yeah, I mean, I guess because of that quarter point carry, you does that make Konami just that much more valuable? But, but he runs. Yeah, and exactly. Then, he falls into that. That's yeah, so it's crazy in quarter point completion. They chuck it. I don't. I, this is this is crazy. But anyway, <laughs> this was so crazy. It took all three of us like, like what happened? But anyway, they're getting Josh Allen and a twenty-one round pick. Which by that point, we're talking about strictly filler bench depth. But to make this happen, they're giving away the four oh eight, the six oh eight, the twenty twenty-four round one, and a twenty twenty-four round two. So other than the shock that we've seen of Josh Allen being the sixth pick in this superflex startup, Mike, what do you think about this trade? How are we breaking it down? Well, my first question would be, was this trade made before the draft or was this trade made once Josh Allen fell to the 106? Because if it is the Mm. latter, if this trade was for Josh Allen, then I absolutely love it. So at this point, this was a very good trade. Obviously, you're giving up a lot of value, basically three first-round picks plus a little bit worth of value. But Mm -hmm. Josh Allen is well worth that. I also really like the ranges that you traded out of. I found that the late fourth, you're kind of stuck reaching on an older running back or locking yourself in to like taking a risk on a guy like Christian Watson or Quentin Johnston. It's not a great range. The late sixth, I don't love either. So if this is for Josh Allen, which it was, then I absolutely love it. If it was pre-draft and you're getting – Justin Herbert there, then I don't love it as much. Right. That definitely makes a difference here. But, I mean, I can imagine that when Josh Allen was there at the 106, he's like, "Uh, what do I got to add, buddy? Because this is something I need to get done. Jason, how do you see this trade playing out? Yeah, exactly as Mike broke it down. I mean, except I might still want Justin Herbert. I am a Herbert guy. But still, Mm -hmm. no matter what, just uh, at 106, only having to give up, as he said, risky assets, and then we don't even know how early this 24 first, it could be, you know, the one of the quarterbacks that they're after next year, or it could very well be the very last pick of the first round and the very last pick of the second round. And they've traded away a perennial top five quarterback in this format, probably top three, maybe even back to number one. So uh, yeah, all day, give me the Josh Allen side. <clears throat> don't really have a whole lot more to echo. You guys kind of, took it all there where i want the i want the josh allen side too here in these settings it just feels like uh this is an absolute steal not only just having him fall to 106 just being able to acquire him this early in your startup without having to move you know a top three pick mike you're a hundred percent right i've done a number of startups this offseason and that fourth round every single time i'm like man who the hell wants this pick? I would like two sixes even because that's what my, my – I like the six-round value even more than the fourth. The fourth obviously has better players. That's the nature of drafting. But, I mean, it, the decisions of which to make. Do I want to go with that aging running back or do I feel like I'm ready to make, you know, Slim Reaper my wide receiver one? It's kind of in those range yeah. of questioning here. Getting this trade done. Now you got your QB1. I'm assuming he took another quarterback – in the first or second round, he this person did not have to give up their first. So we're talking about probably double dragons in a super flex. Where oh. super excited. I mean, I mean, it's he had the the eighth pick in this. So he had. Let's do math here. I'm terrible at math. 
the even rounds is the eighth. So the odd rounds would be in a 12-team or fourth pick? Fifth, yeah. yeah. Fifth pick. So if Allen was there with the sixth pick, I imagine, uh, you know, who was there with fifth? It was probably Herbert or Fields, if that carry thing, whatever it was. This person is coming out on top with two quarterbacks. Absolute slam dunk. A trade for me. And if you're giving up 24 first, I know there's value there. But, look, you're getting Josh Allen. You had the fifth overall pick. You probably don't have – he's probably not going to be the one-on-one. Let's say about that. Jason, what else do you have to say about yeah, that? Yeah, one last thought. What is the point of punting in a startup league? Why is this guy trading away his first-round pick in a startup for, for stuff next year? That's what I really can't wrap my head around at the end of the day. This league is just starting. And he's giving up already. And this guy basically yeah. won the league with this trade. Yeah, I'm all for acquiring future first if he can do it at a good cost, but this isn't it. I mean, I've yeah. I've seen trades without Josh Allen there of the 106 for the 212, the 401, and a 24 first. And yeah. that's something I'd be looking at doing because even just the 212 and the 401 could be better than, you know, the 106. But mm-hmm. I'm not doing that in this situation at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm with you, Mike. I, I in in startups, I think my preferred method. I like to call it the slide and grab, where I slide me back in the first, get yeah. me in the early second, give me that 24 first. It's the easiest way to gather those first round picks because people kind of just throw them away like they're nothing. Uh, but yeah, to to move all the way back to the fourth round <laughs> seems bananas. So uh, you know, like I said, we do these trades in our Discord. So the person who made this trade, shout out to you! What a banger of a trade. Let's get into the second trade. This is another 12 team PP. Super Flex Tight End Premium Start 10. DK Metcalf was sent away for a 2024 first and the 207 in this year's rookie draft. And to add a tiny bit of context here, the 207 was Michael Mayer. Mike, what do you think about this trade with Mayer? And is it, was that the wrong choice here if you were just to Frankenstein this thing to, to be more optimal for the pick side? You know, this is largely about team context. It it just depends where that 24 first is going to shake out. If if this is a team that is definitely, um, you know, going to be in the playoffs with the potential at a buy, but doesn't have, I, I, when I like to acquire 24 first, it's for a team that has a fragile build. So if this mm-hmm. is a team that only has six good players, they get two injuries and this could be the 102, then this is a trade I would consider making. But otherwise I'm buying DK Metcalf for the price of just one first round pick. I do like Michael Mayer. I don't know how he fell to the 207, but despite that, I'm still taking DK Metcalf. Um, he could be the piece that really puts you over the top. What do you think here, Jason? Yeah, you know I'm a DK Metcalf guy. I do think it's close, and obviously if it is an early first, you're talking about Marvin Harrison and Michael Mayer in a tight end premium. That's that's an incredible win. But we don't know where that's at right now. I do think that this is about what I would be sending for DK Metcalf. The fact it is Michael Mayer definitely makes it a lot closer. As Mike pointed out, I have no idea how he fell to a 207 in tight end premium. Uh, You know, if that's that's Jaden Reed, or a Marvin Mims, which is more normally probably what that's going to be. I'm definitely on the DK Metcalf side, and I'm still there. But it's uh, much closer knowing it's Michael Mayer. Yeah, I mean, Jay, you know better than anyone how I've been wavering with what I'm supposed to believe from DK Metcalf because yeah, yeah. a lot of that has to do with the incoming receiver that my man Mike is wearing his jersey up. Yeah, baby. <laughs> JSN, I don't know exactly what to expect. But let's just talk about DK Metcalf's 2022 season. He had the lowest amount of touchdowns in his career, or yeah, in his entire career, uh, with six. But he also was second in the NFL in red zone touchdowns. Now, I know Mm. touchdown regression year to year is not always easily predictable, or it should be relied upon. But if there was to be some tight end regression in someone's performance profile, it's the Kalen Metcalf. And for this price, give me DK because even with, you know, me being a little nervous about his potential uh, in terms of his overall ceiling going forward, he's still so good at football. He's still such a beast on the field. And this is a modest price because I think it's not a hundred percent to say this being the case, but I, both of you could probably agree. The team that's typically going after you know, good high-end players typically isn't the team that's worried about, you know, three years down the road. They're trying to win now, right? Is is that kind of what you see in your experience in your leagues, guys? 
get. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think DK Metcalf, I really like what you said about the missed red zone opportunities. He was third in targets last year in the red zone, and he only caught eight of 27 targets. That was mm-hmm. the worst for any player with high target volume. But in the three years preceding that, he caught more than 60% of his targets. That would have been an extra 10 catches in the red zone for Metcalf. I think you're spot on. There's touchdown progression or regression coming. And also, you have to factor in the quarterback. Geno is very accurate. His uh, his accuracy metrics last year were really, really good. So the fact that it was kind of a a bit of a missed opportunity for Metcalf and Geno in the red zone seems more like an anomaly than something that's going to happen from year to year. So for this price, even for Michael Mayer in the seven, uh, going two hundred seven, who is my tight end one in the class, uh, that's a great value for that pick. But still, give me DK here because again, I don't know how. I don't think that 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 27 or that 24 first is going to be super, super valuable. Jason, anything you want to add before we move on to trade number three? Yeah, I just want to say, you know, and this is probably working against me because, you know, I'm trying to work for DK Metcalf to get you off of him in a league uh, in the trade gods league. But I would say, you know, you were were worried a little bit about, you know, what could happen with DK Metcalf with Jackson Smith and Jigba coming in. But Tyler Lockett's not there long term. And I would say at the very worst, at the very worst, DK Metcalf is T Higgins. And I would still probably take T Higgins on this trade. So uh, I don't know if you agree with that there, but I think that DK Metcalf is going to be perfectly, perfectly fine, even with the added target competition. See, this is why you know that Jason is one of the best trade analysts in the business because I also have T Higgins and TJF. So to compare DK to T, <laughs> you play with two of my heartstrings. I mean, you might have just lost yourself a chance to get the Kalen there. So that's why he brings that top-notch analysis for each and every one of you listeners because he's willing to sacrifice his own fantasy squad to better your guys' fantasy squads. That's why Jason's one of the best. Let's move on to the third trade, shall we? Another tight end trade. Very fun fun little tight end trades here. We had May last uh, last trade, and now we have this one. This is a 12-team half-point PPR. Superflex start 11. So a little bit deeper starting uh, roster than those last two trades. But to get the Mandrews, Mark Andrews, they had to uh, send away Evan Ingram and Debo Samuel. Is this uh, a cheap price to pay for Mr. Andrews, Jason? I wouldn't say cheap because I do love me some Debo Samuel and I will always love me some Debo Samuel. But my point with Evan Ingram that I'll keep coming back to is not only the Calvin Ridley addition in terms of target volume, but also the fact he hasn't signed his franchise tag yet and still hasn't showed up to anything. And the Jaguars just drafted Brenton Strange early. So it's 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 worrisome. The long term, especially for Evan Ingram, you might get one more year out of him. But that's not enough to send Mark Andrews away for to tear down, I believe. I, I, it's very, 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 very close. But Mark Andrews still hasn't even hit his like peak tight end age, uh, like 28, 29. So um, still more to come. Odell Beckham's probably going to get hurt. Rashad Bateman's probably going to get hurt again. And Mark Andrews is going to be the leading target volume on a team that's going to be passing the ball a lot more, as I'm sure we'll be talking about later. So give me the Mandrew side. I do love Devo Samuel, but to take Mark Andrews and tear down to Evan Ingram is too far for me. Mike, what are your thoughts on this trade? Yeah, I I basically echo a lot of what Jason said. I mean, Evan Ingram not only has to be worried about strange, but as you mentioned, Calvin Ridley's an issue there. Evan Ingram played 65% of his snaps last year, either in the slot or out wide. That's a very high proportion. A lot of those, now that Calvin Ridley's there, Zay Jones, Christian Kirk, they're not going to be able to basically play four wide the entire time. A lot of uh, Ingram's underlying metrics weren't that great. To me, mm-hmm. this is largely about buying Mark Andrews. I think he is one of the easiest buys in Dynasty right now. He mm-hmm. is one of really four tight ends that have shown, or I guess five, that have shown the ability to put up 15-plus points per game a season. And when you're getting that at tight end, even compared to a good Evan Ingram season last year, that is five to six points above replacement value. That's something that Devo Samuel cannot provide unless he has the season that he had in 2021, which mm-hmm. was one of the great outlier seasons that we've seen and i'm saying that in a good way he was incredible but i don't think we can expect to see that again while mark andrews has you know five five ish years left of potentially being the tight end two as long as kelsey's around so Mm -hmm. i'm taking mark andrews here this format does lend uh you know some aid to the side getting ingram it's not full point ppr 
Uh, and it is start 11, so getting that extra starter could prove to be the right move. But in my opinion, I am going to side with you guys. I think this is a slam dunk to get Andrews, even in the deeper format. Debo Samuel, Mike, you alluded to it, and I'm going to go ahead and drive it home. He is as much of a one-hit wonder as Duran Duran. Hungry like that. No! <laughs> because, no! Because let's look at it, what he's done on a points-per-game basis in his career. Rookie season 2019, receiver 34 at a points-per-game basis. The following year, he only played seven games, and in those seven, he averaged 11 and a half. Then he had that massive 21 campaign where he averaged over 21 points per game and was wide receiver three. Last year, playing 13 games, 13 points a game, he was wide receiver 28 on a points-per-game basis. To rely on him to, like you said, Mike, bridge that value gap doesn't seem like good process. Give me the known quantity who still could potentially hit even more heights. Jason, yeah. you talked about him not being in that. He's not past his tight end prime. Mm-hmm. Give me Andrews with a bullet. So I think we're all on the same side here uh, with this. Get Andrews, and even in the deeper formats, you're going to want to have who you know a difference maker. Because I think uh, maybe actually this will go off the rails a little bit here, but I like what you guys are putting down. So I want to ask you this question. Tearing down is a viable strategy. No ifs, ands, or buts. It's a really good way to extract value, right? I agree. Yeah. yeah. I love doing yeah. it. Absolutely. But at tight end, it's almost impossible because this is not even a teardown. What you're doing is being on a tier and jumping into the ocean because once you get into this Evan Ingram side, he could be tight end seven. He could be tight end 15 on a points oh, per game yeah. basis. You're in the abyss. Yep. So I don't like t- t- uh, tearing down at tight end unless you're going from like, you know, Kelsey, and you're going to Hawkinson Plus. You know what I mean? If you could stay right. at least on a dock and you're not jumping headfirst uh, into the abyss, I, I think that's a, a, something to look out for. That's another reason why I just have to chalk another win for the Andrew side. Uh, Jason, you got something, you, man. Well, you, I know we don't want to tear down to the middle tier at tight end, but there could be a case to tear down really, really far. Like imagine if that's yeah. Trey McBride or like a Gerald Everett, uh, somebody attached to a really good offense or young and hasn't quite proven himself yet that could eventually hit. And then that Debo Samuel is like, uh, let's put like Chris Olave there, like Chris Olave and Gerald Everett, right? Um, yeah. I, and, and that could look a lot better. But you don't want to take a middle range tight end like an Evan Ingram because then you're getting a lesser second asset also. Yeah, that's a that's actually a fantastic point. If you're going to tear down at tight end, make that next tight end be almost a throw in as yeah. opposed to a tear down. Give me yep. give me Trey McBride and then elevate this second piece to yep. something that truly makes a difference. Someone now, like you said, Jason, you're a fan uh, of of Samuel, and you still can't really say that this is enough enough. So I think we're all on the same page. Get Andrews here. This is a great buy. And Mike, yes, he is a screaming buy in all of Dynasty Leagues. Uh, Trade number four. This is a fun one. Comes from our guy Chad Skaggs. Big country in the TGIF League. You know him as Dom in Discord. Russell Wilson, Jerry Judy, and the 111. And he is sending away the 107, which is Quinton Johnston, as you can see. The 2025 round one and a 2024 round two. This is a pretty deep starting lineup, but it's half point tight end premium, so you can't jack it up too, too much. And, Mike, before I ask you what your thoughts are, I got a little extra context. The 111 is Ken Dre Miller. With that bit of knowledge, how do you break down this trade? So this is a very interesting one here because you're giving away a 2025 first, which is quite risky because even if you are a contending team now, which you probably are given that you're acquiring Russell Wilson, you're downgrading in the draft, you might think that you're still going to compete in 2025, but it's way too early to say that. So I am not one to typically give that up. That being said, the way I look at this trade is you're downgrading from the 107 to the 111. But for the price of that, you get Russell Wilson for a 24 second, which is obviously an absolute steal. To me, I think Jerry Judy is worth the 25 first. I personally wouldn't make that move because I like shooting for the upside of a future first. But team dependent, I totally get that. The problem is, is what you just said about Kendra Miller. And now you gave up Quentin Johnson for basically nothing. So before you said that, I was pretty in on this. But now it looks like you gave up a 24 second for Kendra Miller. 
you gave up Quentin Johnson for Russell Wilson. You gave up a 25 first for Jerry Judy. It's all okay, but I think the upside now moves to the other side where I think I'm taking the Quentin Johnson side. Value probably still says Russ, but I wouldn't make that deal. That's a great way to break it down, Mike. I really like how you did that. Is there a prospect maybe that is typically available at the end of the first that you can insert to this that you go, now you've swayed me to the Judy Wilson side? Yeah. Jason's shaking his head. He thinks something. We're going to get there in a second. I got I got one guy I definitely would. If Dalton Kincaid is there uh, at the 111, mm-hmm. especially in a half tight end premium, I mean, he's never made it there in a league I've been in because I've traded up for him before there. Um, mm-hmm. The other guy I would consider there is I really like Devon Atchain. I think his upside is really high. I think it provides you a similar level of upside at a similar risk as Quentin Johnston, and that's not something that Kendra Miller can do. So that would probably push it the other way for me. So um, that's just an evaluation of prospect thing. Okay. Jason? Yeah, it's A-Chain for me. You know I love A-Chain. You do I love, love, I love A-Chain. Him. Uh, and I love, actually, so it's funny. Uh, last trade, Devo Samuel was involved. This trade, Quinn and Johnson was involved. And, Maddie, you know this. We had to do some flag plant videos uh, yes. for, for Dynasty Week, and those were my flag plants. Devo mm-hmm. Samuel's my veteran, and Quinn and Johnston's my rookie. Whoa. I think, yeah, I think for both of them, they've gone a little too far. I I did not like Quentin Johnston going into this process. I really didn't. But you cannot ignore the Chargers landing spot. 699 yeah. pass mm-hmm. attempts from Justin Herbert last season with broken ribs, a decimated offensive line, and no weapons. And now you're adding a better offensive coordinator in Kellen Moore. Quentin Johnston is a value right now at his ADP. However, Jerry Judy honestly has similar upside. He really, really does. And getting Russell Wilson to stack with him in a super flex league is fantastic. The Kendra Miller, like Mike, is kind of what turns me off. I do think he's a good 2023 asset while Alvin Kamara is suspended. But what is that, six games? And then Alvin Kamara's back, and he's demoted again to RB3 because Jamal Williams is still going to have the grinder role. So I, I still am taking the Russell Wilson Judy side, because I don't like looking to 2025. I don't, I I know that it is technically still good value, but I do want to try to win as early as possible. So I'm going to take the assets. I wish it was a chain there at the 111, And I do love Quinn and Johnston, but just the rest of the picks too far in the future. And we don't know what it's going to be, where they're going to be for me to, you know, I'm, I'm okay with him sending them away at a shot at getting these, at this Broncos stack. Shout out to the fantasy plumber in the chat. Judy or QJ straight up, Mike? I'm going QJ, but they're in a similar tier to me. Um, similar thoughts as Jason there. I, I did have a question for you, though. Um, does this change for you if you have to pay for the 2025 season? Because I understand wanting to win now, but I look at things from a financial perspective. And if my money is sitting in league, say, for two years, that means I'm essentially losing money. So does that change the equation for you at all? A little bit, yeah. I mean, uh, like, for example, I'm in a league right now where uh, we're not allowed to even trade our first or second round picks until the season is over. And that's mm. a, a patron league with the Podfather. And I was actually literally offered a trade where I 100% would have accepted and paid money. But my next year second was involved in it. And so I oh. couldn't even take the trade. Uh, but yeah, if I've got to pay, I mean, especially like you said, two years in advance, I'm probably not really doing that. I mean, why do I want my money tied up so long? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, still, I mean, getting that Bronco stack is pretty sweet. And I do think Jerry Judy's an incredible value right now. Me too. <laughs> what a good I mean this is why we have these discussions because on one hand I 100% agree with Jason I like the luxury of time so sometimes I will look at a trade like the 2025 first go I got time to get it back or another one back I, I have yeah. time on my side and then Mike goes buddy sit down and wait <laughs> but what if you have to pay and immediately upon him saying that I'm exactly on his side with that I wouldn't do it because of that I hate paying in advance because you never know what could happen and now what uh, you know hundred dollars is just gonna be sitting in escrow yeah <laughs> leak safe uh, I, don't, I don't I don't like doing that but let's talk about the trade here see I Unlike you guys, I think I prefer Kendra Miller to Devon A. Chain. I have throughout the entire process. I love De- A. Chain's, you know, his upside is there, and he went to the, the nuts landing spot. So I have obviously given him more value than I was going to 
previous to the draft. Uh, but I do like Kendra Miller long-term with the Saints. I do believe this is the end or the beginning of the end for Kamara. A lot of his efficiency metrics have taken a nosedive over the last two years, and I think a six-game suspension is going to be the the last, you know, the straw that essentially breaks the fantasy camel's back. So I do like Kendra Miller. I would prefer him to A-Chain with the 111. So when I line it up this way, I say, obviously, I'd rather have the 111 than the, the second-round pick next year because, again, I can go ahead and get mm-hmm. another second I'll pick in the future, so I'll take the Kendra now. Judy versus the 20, or Judy versus Quentin Johnston. I'll take Judy, but it Quentin does look damn good in OTAs. And again, we could, we could be doing this again, Mike, and we'd love to have you back on. So we could be doing a trade analysis later on between Quentin and Devon H. And I go, guys, you are lying. You do not. So remember this episode because I could be absolutely swayed if A-Chain does not get a Dalvin Cook problem in the next week and Quentin yeah. Johnson continues to pop at OTAs with, with Justin Herbert, who I do love this year. And then you got Russell Wilson versus the 25 first, and this is where I lie. If I don't have to pay, I'm doing it. If I do have to pay, I'm not, which is funny. Fair. It's kind of not really great analysis in terms of the trade itself. But mm-hmm. I think what we can all come away from this is this is a pretty fair trade where minor factors swayed us on either side of the fence. So I think this is a pretty, this is probably so far the fairest trade of the night, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. So we come out of this, you know, kind of like pick your poison. This is your side, but I do agree that, you know, you never know what can happen. And clearly one side of this is looking at the future, getting two picks and a rookie with the one Oh seven, but you know, Quinn Johnson, again, he does look fantastic in that, you know, those basketball shorts and chargers helmet. Let's move on to the fifth trade. This is a fun one. Yeah. And it also involves Jerry Judy. So if you wanted more Judy analysis, <laughs> stick around. And it is part Ooh. of a 12-team PPR Superflex half-point tight end premium start 10. This team is acquiring Judy in the 108, which is – oh, I had to check. I was like, was that the same exact – did this trade happen <laughs> twice in a row? Because I thought that – no, but that was the 107. For Garrett Wilson, Jason, is this enough of a return to send away a top – three five receiver in dynasty yeah i i think so i'm looking up the ages right now to double check jerry judy's 24 and uh my phone's messing up but garrett wilson what 22 probably 22 yeah 22 so eh, okay maybe a little bit of a bigger gap than i thought but that 108 it could be quentin johnston which i think definitely makes it fair and Superflex, Maddie, I know you're a huge Will Levis guy. That's definitely Will Levis right there. That's in Will. That's what I've had to move up to get him in a few places there. Yeah, for uh, sure. And uh, that I'm taking. I might take Jerry Judy and Devon A. Chain for Garrett Wilson. <laughs> I really might. I don't know. I think when I'm looking at Garrett Wilson, we're expecting a bunch of great seasons for him. Sure. We don't know what's going to happen when Aaron Rodgers inevitably retires within the next two seasons, uh, who they're going to bring in. Say Aaron Rodgers gets hurt, right? And then we're looking at Zach Wilson at quarterback, uh, the, the Wilson to Wilson connection, if you will. I just, I, I don't really want to bet on that. I do believe in Jerry Judy's long term value for the Broncos. If you remember after his rookie season, people were calling him the best route runner in the league. He was incredible. Uh, it just mm-hmm. wasn't really clicking for him due to quarterback play. So for him to now be healthy again, I mean, former first round pick out of Alabama, getting the 108 as well on top of him. Jerry Judy and Garrett Wilson have similar upsides and you're getting that fun coupon. So I I am taking that side, but it's, I mean, it's close. Okay. It is definitely close. It is. Mike, how do you see this trade plating out? And I'm going to add an extra layer to that. Who would have to be there at the 108 to make you want to take the Judy pick side over Wilson? Or is there no prospect that would sway you? So in a way, this is this is a tough trade to evaluate. Garrett Wilson has been my biggest sell all offseason, or especially since the Rodgers news became official. And that's not because I don't think he's a good player. It's because I think there's 10 other wide receivers priced less than him who could be just as good, um, yep. who have very yep. similar profiles. Yep. That's the issue with Garrett Wilson, is he is twice as expensive as Jerry Judy. He's twice as expensive as Drake London, as Quentin Johnston, all these players And I would just much rather have two shots than one because I don't think that Wilson is a guy who is locked in to be a top five guy. He is not CeeDee Lamb. He is not A.J. Brown. He has not proven it to this this degree yet. So I'm taking a shot at the two players over the one. There are nine guys that could be around at the 108. 
um, that I would be happy to make this trade. So I, I'm making it before the draft and I'm comfortable with whoever falls to me. Um, the one thing that would hold me back is I actually think you could get more. I think there's probably someone in the league who loves Garrett Wilson even more. But assuming the guy did his due diligence and this was the best he could get, um, I'm comfortable making this trade. I would take the package. Man, I really wanted to give you guys pushback. I don't don't think I really have a a ton to to give here because, you know, it it seems like, yeah, you get Garrett, Garrett Wilson with this trade, no ifs, ands, or buts about it, but... Something this is this is what I like to call in the show bro science. You know, we do a lot of analytics, we like to dive into the numbers and really try to sink our teeth in the stuff that's tangible. But every so often I can't resist some bro science, and that's what I feel in my gut. That's stuff I can't really quantify. And something in my gut tells me that Garrett Wilson becoming Devon uh Devontae Adams isn't that guaranteed. I mean, if that were the case, would Aaron Rodgers say, uh, yeah, I'll come there, but you have to get Alan Lazard. Oh, and by the way, Randall Cobb's coming too. You don't bring two of your boys if you go, I'm going to pepper this this rookie here with 160 targets. And I think we lost Jason Mike. So now it's become trade gods with Mike and Maddie. Uh, Jason will be right back momentarily. But I am like, I'm with you. I, I think that, you know, and he's back. Oh man, that was a quick move. That usually happens to me. Yeah, see yeah, happen I, to Jason? I actually, actually don't know what happened. It like completely kicked me out. It was really weird. <laughs> You're no, getting no, great I'm... analysis. <laughs> he's like, you know what? I've had enough of this idiot. I'm out of here. It's no, fair. you're right. You he's like, bro, right. science, get him out of here. But yeah, no, I'm kind of right. with you. Right. I think I was... there's a, a range of receivers yeah. that don't really have too much difference between Garrett Wilson and this player. Now, Judy to me is a sizable difference. The one thing about Jerry Judy that does kind of stick with me is he was 55th in total route wins and he did play in 15 games. So he shouldn't be that low if he was that good of a route runner where Garrett Wilson was in the top 20 in that metric. So I do think he's a real deal, but I don't think he's the real deal in comparison to, you know, your AJ Browns, your CD lambs, like Mike said. So that would be the route I think I would take if I had Garrett Wilson, I'd be trying to trade. Like I just made a trade in a league where I traded Garrett Wilson for Jalen Waddle in the 24 second. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I'm absolutely making those exact same trades, basically any wide receiver in the six to 15 range and get something added on or move up and go get CD lamb or, or AJ Brown. You could give up a 24 second and get a guy who, you know, is going to be a top five receiver. So I'm on the same page as you. And like Jason said earlier, we do not know, how long Aaron Rodgers is going to be there, but we probably know it's not going to be very long. And after that, they don't have any path to getting a high draft pick. So now they're going into quarterback free agency, which barely exists at the high level. So it's, Mm -hmm. it's going to be tough. We don't know what Garrett Wilson's future is. There also is a chance. Now this is a complete caveat, but at the one away, you are in sniffing distance of Jordan Addison you were probably a, a, a move up away from JSN. So if you told me it was one of those receivers in Judy, it's a slam dunk. It's a no doubt for me, uh, yeah. which I, I can't completely say with confidence. But when you're here at the 108, you're not far off in Superflex. So especially with that type of premium, maybe someone stuck up like Kincaid. Uh, so, yeah, that is the trade. Again, not a whole lot of discourse here, but I guess what we're proving is we are the three best trade friends that anyone has ever had. <laughs> Let's move on to the sixth trade. Let's see if there's any discourse here. Uh, I don't know if it will be between Mike and I, but we shall see. This is a 12-team PPR Superflex. Start nine. Super shallow starting roster. Team A is acquiring Mac Jones. Traylon Burks in a 26 third. You can do that? I don't Jeez. And to get that, they are trading away Brandon Ayuk, Antonio Gibson in a 24 second. What do you think about this price to get Burks and Jones, Mike? I think it's a I think it's an intelligent trade by the team getting Jones and Burks and primarily so the start nine is actually pretty important here because mm-hmm. quarterbacks in a start nine league are more important because every other position becomes less important because it's easier to fl- find flex options Great guys time. like Antonio Gibson and the 24 second for that matter are less valuable in leagues like this when you start fewer players. I'm making this trade mostly because I think Burks is significantly higher upside than a guy like Brandon Ayuk. And I love Brandon Ayuk. I think he's a very good wide receiver stuck in a terrible situation that there is no path out of. I mean, at least for the next two years, they're going to have Debo Samuel, George Kittle, and Christian McCaffrey. It is hard, even though Brandon Ayuk is good, 
it is going to be hard to get to 15 plus points per game at wide receiver. He's going to end up being the wide receiver 24 on a points per game basis. That is replacement ish level. Mm -hmm. I would rather take the shot of getting the quarterback who Mm -hmm. I, we got to talk offline about this, but I'm a little iffy on Mac Jones. I, I think he likely will be the starter next season, but I'm not committed to it. He was in the worst position you could possibly be in last season. And we do have to acknowledge that. And then I love Traylon Burks. There's a lot to like there. So I'm going to take the left side. I think there's so much more upside because if you do get a starting quarterback and a potential wide receiver one, that's the way to go. If this was star 11, does it sway you in the opposite direction? Or is that not enough? It's, it's not, it's not enough. I, okay. I would, if, if the 24 second was, let's say it was for Ayuk and a 24 first, then I'm making, then I could be swayed in that direction. Um, because it. then you're basically turning Mac Jones into a 24 first for a little wide receiver downgrade. But as it is with the second in there, I'm sticking with the Burke side. Totally fair. Jason, how do you see this trade? All right. So one thing about Mac Jones and Mike, you'll know this more than anyone. I'm a big Bailey Zappi guy, huge Bailey Zappi guy. But Mac Jones is incredibly undervalued right now, especially even in redraft formats. Maddie, we're in a FFPC draft right now. Jimmy Garoppolo, Desmond Ritter, Baker Mayfield all went off the board before Mac Jones. And that to me is honestly a crime. You've got to take the young quarterback on an offense, getting an actual competent offensive coordinator with one of the fastest wide receivers in the league with Tyquan Thornton, with Juju Smith-Schuster, who's good enough, a route technician, if you will, Hunter Henry and Mike Jasicki now as a great tight end duo. Uh, It's going to be pretty solid. And uh, all over uh, a lot of player profiler shows and just places – in general, Ramondre Stevenson is generating tons of hype, a pass-catching running back. So Mac Jones at this price, I mean, last season, if you were going into the 2022 NFL season, I would not be surprised to see Brandon Ayuk, Antonio Gibson, and a 2024 second sent away for Mac Jones just by himself. Yeah. And now you're talking about also getting Traylon Burks and also getting a third-round pick a few years down the line. Yeah, I'm on that side. I'm on that side. Boys, I thought this was going to be one that at least we disagree with Jason, but we're all on the same page again. I can't, I mean, I could lie and just <laughs> pardon my, you know, and just kind of do the, the morning talk show thing and take the other side, but I can't in good conscience because I'm taking this Mac Jones side. You teased your plat, your plant, your plague, plague, your plant flag, <laughs> put it yeah. all together, your plague player, Mac Jones. I am planting my flag on in 2023. I'm planting my my flag on Mac Jones to have a way better season than he had in 2022 and good enough to be a, you know, a very startable, reliable second quarterback in your super flex formats. He has the prospect pedigree. 15th overall pick was dynamic in college. Even in his rookie year, he didn't ball out. He wasn't like a top 10 rookie in his, uh, you know, in fantasy. Uh, but he had he was very good. He had 3,800 passing yards. He's very good. And, he had, a, he had the seventh most money throws. The guy was good. He could make the throws. And then you want to talk about a bad 2022. That's fair. But, I mean, if there is ever an excuse for a player to have a bad season, it is taking a never, a never, ever, 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 ever calling offensive plays type of coach in Matt Patricia, a bad coach even in defense, and make him your offensive coordinator, There is that is a mulligan if I've ever heard of one. Bring in Bill O'Brien, Juju Smith-Schuster. And, and if, you, you could, if you could, just walk with me down this path. DeAndre Swift says, Billy O'Brien, I can forgive you. <laughs> I want to go play for Belichick in my, my twilight years, and I want to go to a team that could throw me the ball 130 times. And he goes to New England. You're talking about a quarterback you're not getting. For uh, this uh, stuff, you're talking about DeAndre Hopkins, yeah. I'm talking about DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. I'm talking about him going to the New England Patriots, and I just think I think Mac Jones here is he's going to br- provide a ton of value in the start nine format. You, I don't think Brandon Ayuk and Gibson are guaranteed weekly starters no. in start nine if you fancy yourself a contender. And and I can just imagine DeAndre Hopkins taking over that Devontae Parker role. I mean, the best throws that Mac Jones made were down the sideline to Devontae Parker. He came up yes. with about 20% of them because he's Devontae Parker. But if you have DeAndre <laughs> Hopkins there, I mean, 
I agree. There's a lot of upside to Mac Jones. It was a terrible situation last year. The Pat's yeah. second best receiver wasn't even playing for most of the season because mm-hmm. he yeah. got in a fight with the coaches. There is a lot more to Mac Jones, and I think he could be a solid starter. So for this trade, I'm happy with it. But I don't ever see, you know, top 10 upside for Mac Jones. No. So, no. But as long as he locks himself into a starting job for 2024, that's all you need for this trade to be a slam dunk. Yeah, I think he can. I think he can creep up to that top 15, 16, and that's going to be a very startable quarterback yeah. in your Superflex leagues. Some of you can be very, very happy that you traded, you know, a, a bunch of guys who are good. We like them, but we like how you can Gibson, but we can't guarantee any of their success in 2023. So give me Mac Jones. And to your point, Mike, he was actually top 11 in both deep ball completion percentage and deep ball accuracy rate. So he still showed that he can throw the ball deep, which is fantastic. That's exactly what we want, especially if D-Hop is in town, baby. Man. That's music to Tyquan Thornton's ears. I'm gonna say. I know we're not talking about him, but man, man, Tyquan man, man. Thornton. Yeah, no, you can't. You have to. I mean, guy with four three eight speed. Yeah, you want a guy who can chuck the ball deep, and, and Mac Jones, I think, can do that. And in a Billy O'Brien offense, mm-hmm. I think it could be pretty. Uh, you know, I think we could see a big year. That's why I'm playing my flag on Mac Jones. I'm getting crazy with it, and it might be the homer in me. It might be the knowing the Patriots fan in me, but what? can i say so boys that's gonna wrap up the six trades that we were breaking down now let's dive into our very new but fan favorite segment it's time to buy and sell but from now on for the rest of the offseason what we are doing instead of just providing our own buys and sells we are going to go through the ranks so through player profile of Dynasty Ranks here, we are going to go 1 through 10, and we're going to pick three players and say whether they're buys and sells. Next week will be 11 through 20, and if you took the SATs or the ACTs, you have enough pattern recognition skills to realize where I'm going from this. We're going 10 players at a time, talking about three from each section. And I also want to take this time to, to bring up the coolest new feature in fantasy sports, not just a player profile, but to fantasy sports. If you go to the playerprofiler.com dynasty ranking, sign up with the all in package using the code word Maddie or Jason or Jason. You can use Jason. <laughs> if you use one of those, you get some, you get $10 off the all in package and you can get yourself our dynasty rankings. And we have a new feature. Jason, do you want to talk about this new feature? Cause it is yeah. the best thing in fantasy sports. Yeah, honestly, let me just pull up the website. I think I could probably just show it because it's very, very cool. As you mentioned, yes. it's the new win now rebuild tool on player profiler. Um, yeah, and uh, it's it's fantastic. Let me share my screen here. You just go to playerprofiler.com and you'll go to Dynasty Deluxe. I might have to sign in. Sometimes it signs me out. Nice. It didn't. And not only does <laughs> it work on the Dynasty rankings where you can change your strategy over here, uh, you can also do it on the trade analyzer. So when you're entering your trade, you could say I'm win now and I'm trading away. Uh, I don't know, uh, Jordan Addison and I'm getting Cooper cup, but I'm win now. So it's okay. And then we'll see what the trade analyzer thinks as a win. Now, boom, of course the Cooper cup side wins. But let's say you're rebuilding and the Jordan Addison side actually wins. So that is something that we've, we finally rolled out. It's fantastic. It's great. Uh, and go check that out with the all-in package or even just, you know, if you if you fancy yourself, just the Dynasty Deluxe tool. Let's get into it. Yep. Well, first guy on the list, Brees Hall. Mike, is he a buy or a sell in Dynasty? Oh, Brees Hall is a massive buy. Take the ACL discount because it should not exist. There is no reason that Brees Hall should be going below Bijan Robinson. And I know that might be a hot take, but... Listen, I actually didn't love Brees Hall coming out of college. I was dead-ass wrong. He came into the NFL and was probably the best running back in the NFL last season in his short stint. Let me give you some numbers. Running backs are more than 50 carries. He was first in yards per attempt, elusive rating, explosive rate. He was second in yards after contact per attempt and yards per route run. Fourth in EPA per rush, seventh in rushing yards over expected per rush. This guy is a top five running back. He is one of two, one of, sorry, three running backs under the age of 25 who we know can put up 22 plus points per game a season. I'm all in on Brees Hall. I love him in the mid to late second at startup drafts. I am buying it. Jason, are you buying or selling Brees Hall? I don't understand why I keep agreeing with Mike, but not only do I just agree with Mike, I'm the exact same. Last year, I had three rookies ranked ahead of Brees Hall in my yeah. personal rookie rankings. K- 
Kenneth Walker, Chris Olave, and Christian Watson. I had all of them ahead of Brees Hall. At this point, I wouldn't take a single one of those over Brees Hall. And that just shows how far I've come, but how far he's come as a player. Last season, uh, you already brought up a bunch of a bunch of metrics in which he was fantastic in. But he was also led the league in yards per touch. And he didn't have a single game of single-digit performances in full PPR. Just absolutely on fire out of the gate as a rookie. And not just that. Aaron Rodgers loves to target his running backs. It's plain and it's simple. Israel Abanacanda does not have the pass-catching prowess. Michael Carter maybe did, but he's completely lost his job somehow to Zonovan Knight. And if last year you want to combine the the receiving metrics, target share, yards, and receptions of A.J. Dillon and AJ and Aaron Jones, you get a 21% target share. You get 87 receptions, and you get 600 yards. Christian McCaffrey numbers are in the wakes for Brees Hall. Now, I know it won't be quite the target share. You know, somebody will get some of that. But still, you can expect a step up from last year where he only had a 13% target share, lower than Aaron Jones, who had a 13.4% target share. And you brought up Bijan Robinson, Mike, and that's a it's a fantastic point. Bijan Robinson is on keep trade cut and on player profiler heavily above Brees Hall. Now it's RB1 to RB2 in dynasty rankings, but still on keep trade cut, we're talking about almost a 2000 lifetime value on player profiler. We're talking about over a hundred lifetime value. And that's too far for me. Brees Hall has a better profile, a better team and better college production. And I mean, I know we haven't had any NFL production from Bijan Robinson, but it's been proven from Brees Hall. So I'm 100% in on buying Brees Hall. It's a discount. He's way too close to the other players like Jonathan Taylor and Christian McCaffrey and Saquon Barkley. Way too close. Brees Hall is a stud. I mean, his efficiency metrics are off the charts. You guys both talked about him. But in my opinion, he's so much a buy, he's a sell. And what I mean by that is I think you could use him to – tear down slightly and get a ton. Now, if you're telling me both you would rather have him over Bijan, what you're telling me is you'll give me Bijan plus a secondary piece. And even if that secondary piece is a, is Taekwon Thornton, that might be enough for me to sway it over. But I've seen trades on our trade finder on playerprofile.com that, man, really suggested me that Brees Hall is at his peak value. Now, I do love him. And if you could get him in a startup, like you said, Mike, in the second round, I'm all over that. And at that point, I'll maybe explore trade. But I think people are getting ready to get nutty when it comes to his value, he's actually running back 12 in the player profiler seasonal ranks, which I think it suggests that our, our projections mean he may not ball out to the to the level that his metric showed as a rookie. In the Jets personnel moves, uh, they do not really suggest that it will be the Brees Hall show this year. They added Rodgers to you know hopefully get him over the hump and throw the ball more. He brought in two of his pass catching buddies, and they did use a pick on a running back. I don't believe Izzy Abanacanda is going to infringe upon Brees Hall long term in any way, shape, or form. But I do think that suggests that the Jets are willing to slow play their rookie phenom. So in a in a you know, because it's a running back, I try to look in one or two year windows. I don't like to project too far. I call it the Todd Gurley rule because if he can fall off, anyone can. Brees Hall to me right now is so good that I understand why he's a buy. And if you can get him at any type of value for the ACL injury or for the reasons why I'm explaining. So it might just be that we're perfect trade partners because I would sell because I think his value is a little bit high. But he is a stud, so you're gonna have to you're gonna have to get full price. There's no way you can even take 97 cents on the dollar. You can get full price, maybe even 110 percent for your for what you're giving up because he he's that type of player. He's very very good. So uh, that's the only reason why I, I'm gonna do the sell. And at the end of the day, you know, maybe I'm just doing it because we can't agree on everything the entire damn show. Okay, <laughs> let's move on to the next dynasty buy or sell. AJ Brown. Jason, what are you doing? You buying or selling AJB? This is heinous, and I know it, but I'm selling AJ Brown. This I is am. heinous. <laughs> this is wide receiver five on player profiler, wide receiver six on keep trade cut, or sorry, five on keep trade cut, four on player profiler. That to me is a ceiling. He's not passing CD Lamb. He's not passing Jamar Chase. He's not passing Justin Jefferson. Plain and simple. When a player is at the ceiling, we sell. But not just that, Devontae Smith had more receptions than him last year, and I know he didn't have more targets or or yards even. But still, that does show that the Eagles uh, do use them 
pretty much simpatico, as as we've said a few times. So uh, I I think that the value between the two should be way closer than it is. I'm not going to argue about AJ Brown being bad. He's not. He's fantastic. He's top ten easily. I just see enough DK Metcalf in him to where I almost want to move off because last year we were valuing DK Metcalf about where we're valuing AJ Brown, and now DK Metcalf has fallen down to wide receiver nine, which isn't a big fall, but it's enough to where I think you could tear down, especially especially take A.J. Brown and get Devontae Smith in a fun coupon. I'm doing that 100% of the time. I love Slim Reaper, uh, and they need to be close. Mike? Man, this is tough for me. I love A.J. Brown. Who doesn't? He is just unbelievably efficient and consistently yeah. productive. Like, you, there are no qualms with his productivity. He has been number two in yards per route run in three of his four first seasons. So the only things that you can have concern about is the injury history because he's only 25 years old. He's about to turn 26 this month, but he's had surgery on both of his knees. He's had large muscle injuries like the hamstring. He hurt his hip. I am a bit worried about the injuries. I am probably selling for the right price because like I said earlier, there are a lot of good young wide receivers that I think you could get a first added on to. Like you said, a fun coupon. I would move down to a guy like Drake London plus a first. I would move down to basically, you know, a Chris Alave. There's a lot of players you can get. Or if you want to win now, one thing I love doing in a, as a win now team is acquiring future first because then you can use those as trade chips for some of the punting teams. If you can trade down to a guy like Tyree Kill or Stefan Diggs or get a first thrown on there, maybe Cooper Cup, maybe Devontae Adams in a startup draft, that's a second round pick for a fourth or fifth round pick plus a first, you can pull that trade off nine times out of 10. Mm-hmm. I think I'm going to buy AJ Brown and mostly because his, Fair. his underlying performance metrics do support his surface stats. Uh, he was 12th in a win rate versus man coverage. So he can beat one-on-one coverage, which is, uh, you know, great for his skill set. He was second in yards per out run. He was second in uh, yards per team pass attempt with over 2.7. Uh, he was a, th- fifth in fantasy points per route run and he was dominant he had a 39.1 percent dominated rating so he he checks all the boxes and i i this might just be this might be what completely swayed me but when i was looking at trades on our trade finder uh, at player profiler i saw gabe davis in the 110 for brown rashad white and calvin ridley for aj brown george pickens and debo samuel for aj brown and i'm taking aj brown in all of those trades so if that's the market for brown and he's gettable somewhere Give me the buy. Give me the buy. But what you guys are talking about when you're talking, you know, if you could take Brown and tear down to, you know, another top 10, no doubt, or Chris Olave plus, that's where you're going to get me at least interested. But I think in most cases, I'm looking to buy A.J. Brown. Last guy we are going to talk about tonight is a quarterback, Lamar Jackson. I'll get it started. I'll get it out of the way. I'm buying mm-hmm. um, pretty much because I think around a lot of fantasy leagues, we are – his perception is that his value is down, but if you look at his points per game, he was QB6. Mm-hmm. Uh, the injury is what sidelined him, and it is nerve-wracking for his skill set, but uh, I think that all the signs point to Baltimore being ready to make Lamar happy and make him the no-doubter uh, franchise player for their for their franchise. They gave him the extension. They brought in Todd Munkin. They brought in his boy, uh, Odell Beckham, which he personally requested. And they did take Zay Flowers in the first round. So they are putting weapons around him. They are getting him an offensive coordinator that could get a lot more out of him in the passing game. He obviously has the legs. He ran for, again, 700 yards last year, even with the injury. So I'm buying, and some of the the deals that I saw in the trade finder just further solidified that. I've seen the 106 in Superflex for Lamar. Give me that all day. Deshaun Watson in the 111, I'm taking Jackson. Aaron Rodgers, Kadarius Toney in the 201, give me Jackson. And then I also saw Javante Williams, Keenan Allen in the 111 for Jackson in a 1QB league. If that's the market for him, I'm jumping into who could absolutely be a top 5-7 to seven quarterback uh, on a points-per-game basis over the next three years. So give me Lamar. Mike, how, what are you doing? You buying or selling Lamar? Absolutely buying Lamar. I mean, the injury issues are a concern, but before 2021, Lamar Jackson didn't miss a game due to injury through middle school, high school, college, and the first three years of his professional career. So I am in on Lamar Jackson. Another stat that I love, 2019 Lamar Jackson put up 28.1 points per game. Patrick Mahomes' career high is 25.4, almost three points less than that. 
Josh Allen has never gone above 25, which is more than three points less than that. Lamar Jackson still has the highest upside of any quarterback in the NFL. I love the changes they're making to that offense. Listen, he's only 26. I'll worry about him stopping to run when he's 30 once he turns 29, but I'm not worried about (laughs) it yet. I'm buying Lamar Jackson. Oh, sing it, baby. Love it, Mike. Jason, what are you doing here? Yeah, to wrap up the most agreeable trade god episode <laughs> in history, I'm, of course, bye-bye buying to yeah. Lamar Jackson. And I'm, I can't even follow up some of these great stats, but just the easiest way to say it, he used to be QB1 in our heads a couple years back coming after his MVP season. And it's not like he's lost anything. You could even argue the team's gotten better. So the fact that we're talking about a guy that's fallen to QB10 on keep trade cut and QB7 on player profiler, Shout out player profiler for being a little bit more accurate. That's value. That's <laughs> value. So Lamar Jackson's a buy. Oh, let's go. Great show, boys. I had a ton of fun. Even though we agreed, I think we dove into the weeds and gave great analysis on these trades. Mike, the floor is yours. Tell everyone listening where they can find you on socials and get all of your content. Hell yeah. So check me out on Twitter, Dynasty Zoltan FF. You can also check on the check out the Dynasty Zoltan podcast. A lot of similar discussion here, a lot of trade talk, a lot of Dynasty startup strategy, things like that. I also have a Patreon that has an 80-page rookie guide going through different ways to approach a rookie draft, trades, and all that type of stuff, as well as my startup rankings and the rest of the goodies. Jason, where can the people find you? Yeah, y'all know it at this point, but at JFootballLine on Twitter, you can find me in the mornings on this YouTube channel, The Wake and Take, at 10 a.m. Eastern, Monday through Friday. Of course, here, Thursdays at 8 p.m., doing the best trade show in the world with my trade godbrother, Matty Kiwoom. And lastly, but not least, of course, follow our Instagram and Facebooks, which I am currently running, at Roto Underworld on Instagram and Player Profiler on Facebook. We're, we're 75 followers away from 5,000 on Instagram. So please go hit that follow if you haven't done it yet. And you can follow me on Twitter. I am at Matty Kiwoom. All my stuff is coming out at playerprofiler.com. We got a very exciting bit of news coming out for next week. So stay tuned for that. You can find me on the game plan each and every Saturday. This week, I got Alex Dunlap from Roster Watch coming on to talk about Dynasty football. Uh, man, it's going to be great. And Player Profile has got a lot of stuff coming. So stick around for that, Mikey. Thank you so much for coming on. We're definitely going to have you back. That was a great conversation. For Matty Kiwoom, Jason Allwine, we are the Trade Gods, and we will see you next week. Peace.